Let us turn in our Bibles to the chapter of God's Word which we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And as God would help me, I would like to concentrate on verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Surely this is one of these verses that can stand alone uh, more than um, most other texts in Scripture. For this verse applies to all people in all places at all times in all circumstances. Surely this is one of the Bible's most concise definitions of what a Christian is. If we uh, look at the context, it's saying we used to think of Christ from a human perspective only. But now, now, because we're a new creation, now we see Jesus as he really is. So you see, the question that we have to ask here is, what, what, here is the Bible telling us what a Christian is. The term the Bible uses most to describe a Christian is in Christ. So we're going to ask the question, what does it mean to be in Christ? You see, a Christian is far more than simply someone who's not a Buddhist or a Hindu or a Muslim or a Sikh. What is the Bible's, what is God's definition of a Christian? He says it's to be in Christ. But what exactly does that involve? Obviously, it means a very close, strong relationship with Jesus. Christianity is not the acceptance of a certain code of practice. Obviously, that is involved. Obviously, that's included. But that's not what a Christian is. It's a relationship with Jesus. First, being in Christ means we receive Christ into our hearts and lives. You remember John's Gospel, chapter 1, how it says it so, so well there in chapter 1. Uh, though uh, he came to his own, how does it put it? But to all, uh, he came to his own, and his own, people did not receive him. 
But, but, to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, to them he gave the right to become children of God. It's not knowing all about Jesus. It's receiving Christ Jesus into your heart and into your mind and into your life. And that that means receiving everything he claims, everything he says. You see, people, during the time when Christ lived, they accepted him as a great prophet. But whenever he insisted he was God, the second person of the Godhead, that's when the trouble began. His insistence that he was God. To receive Christ means you receive everything he says about himself. Everything he says you accept. He said the scriptures cannot be broken. How sad to hear anyone say, I wonder is this book reliable? You cannot receive Christ without receiving what him when you receive Christ, you receive him whom the Bible says is the word made flesh. I met some people who say, Oh, I'm all for Jesus. I'm all for Jesus. I'm not into this. I'm not into books. I'm not into reading. Jesus said, Whoever will be ashamed of me or my word of him will I be ashamed in the great day. So that's the first thing we try to define as being in Christ. But there's a second way we could we, uh, we want to not. To be in Christ means you have personally committed your soul to him. Jesus said, unless you repent, you will all perish. Jesus said, if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. We're all going to die. But whatever you do, do not die in your sins. Jesus said it. We need to commit the keeping of our souls to Christ. We need to be able to say something like, I am nothing. I have nothing. I can do nothing spiritually to please God. Take me over, Christ. Take me over. Personally, make Christ responsible for your soul in the great day of judgment. That's involved in being in Christ. It thirdly 
means that you love Christ as your Savior, as your Redeemer. Verse 14, the love of Christ constrains us, you see. How can Christ forgive you your sin? How can Christ be responsible for you on the great day of judgment and you not love him? Our Bible tells us faith faith works by love. It's the two sides of a coin. One side up of faith and the other side love. If you say, how do I know my faith in Christ? Answer the question, do you love Christ? And if you love Christ, your faith in Christ. If your faith in Christ, you love Christ. We love him because he first loved us. God does not love us because we decided to follow him. We follow him. We love him because he first worked in us, changed us, opened our eyes that we saw Christ as he really is, not who we thought he was. How we, surely we love the person who died for us. Being in Christ means receiving Christ, committing our souls to Christ, loving Christ, but fourthly, it means serving Him as Lord and Master. You cannot have Christ as your saviour and not as your lord isn't it interesting Paul the great apostle he calls Christ lord before he calls him saviour in fact what was the first word he said when he met Christ on that Damascus road lord what will you have me to do I'm your servant. You're my master. What do you want me to do? In the middle of the Damascus Road. That's the first thing he said. It is essential. It is vital. It is important. We are, we are to serve Christ. We're saved to serve. Romans chapter 7 Verse 6 puts it succinctly. Now we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive, so that, so that we've been delivered, we've been saved, we've been forgiven, so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit. Thessalonians 1 9 puts it like this how you turned to God from idols to serve to serve the living and true God 
Hebrews 9.14 puts it. How much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve, so that we serve the living God. Now, receiving Christ, personally committing our souls to Christ, a loving Christ, serving him as Lord and Master, this is all done by faith. By faith. Christ is seen as the one solution to all our ailments and the one person to trust for time and for eternity. If anyone be in Christ, he is a new creation. A new creation, but not another person. You're the same person, but you're a new creation. We do not actually get any new faculties at our new birth. But we get new facilities to our existing faculties. We still have a mind. We had a mind before we were converted. But our mind is renewed. We think differently of things. As we said already, that's exactly the context of this verse. Before we regarded Christ according to the flesh. We thought of Christ from a human perspective only. But now that our eyes have been opened, now that we're a new creation, we see him in a new light. <clears throat> our understanding is enlightened. We had an understanding before our conversion. But now our understanding is enlightened. Our affections, we had affections before, but we were loving the wrong things. We were hating the wrong things. Now they've been reversed. Our will, we'd a will before, hadn't we? Oh, hadn't some of us strong wills? But now they've been restored. And now, as we've been reading here, we want to follow Christ. At creation, you see, when God made Adam, all the faculties of his soul were pointing Godwards. But when he listened to the third party that came in, when he listened to Satan, the devil, when he fell for his temptation, his faculties then began to point downward. But at our new birth, at our regeneration, they're pointing upward again. But of course this time, as we all know, imperfectly. But that's the direction to which the faculties of our soul are pointing Godward. If we are risen with Christ, let us seek the things that are Christ. So that being a new creation, we have new perceptions. We see Christ in a new light. We see sin in a new light. A new perspective of sin. Sin is now that a abominable thing which God hates. Before we sinned, 
when we sinned, we said, well, we're only human. We all do it. We're not perfect. But now, it's something obnoxious. Something that God hates. Something we must do something about. We see Christ in the new light. We see sin in the new light. We see Jesus. We see salvation in the new light. It is possible to be renewed. It is possible to be delivered. We see the Bible in a new light. Don't we see the Bible in a new light? Isn't heaven now not pie in the sky, but reality? Where we are going if we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Hell is a reality to be feared and avoided at all costs. A new creation will get new perceptions. A new creation, we have new principles, new standards, new values, new objectives in life, new goals. Now, as verse 15 says, we live for Christ. Verse 15 And he died for all that, in order that, could be translated, those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. We used to live for ourselves, but now, new principles, and we're living for Christ, living for God, we're new creations. New perceptions, new principles, new pleasures, new pleasures. We go back to our children's story. Do we come to church because we know we ought to? Or do we do we love God? Do we love the things of God? Do we get pleasure from them? I tell you, if you do. It's not natural. It's grace. God's given it to you. The Holy Spirit has given you grace to enjoy Christ, to enjoy the gospel, to enjoy worship. I tell you that world out there, do not enjoy it. They can be made to go through the motions, sure. We've all gone through the motions. But now... It's meaningful. Now there's something in it. We enjoy what we used to put up with and endure and just go through. And we begin to lose a taste for what we used to enjoy so much. Now, when I speak about that I'm not talking about the ultimate not talking about perfection our our soul should be pointing Godward but as I said imperfectly until death only at death are we free from sin only at death are we made perfect in holy 
But that should be the bent. That should be the, the majority view by far. That's what we should seek and aim for at all times. New creation, new perceptions, new principles, uh, new pleasures, new, new practices. We now do things we didn't used to do before. Do it with pleasure, do it with enjoyment, with a, a new lifestyle, new friends, new habits, new things go into your diary. Sobering thought, in three months we'll have new diaries if we're spared. What's the first thing you put in your diary? Barbus communion? Or your holidays? What's the first thing you put in your diary? These things speak volumes. New practices. Your new creation. Living for God. Living for Christ. He's everything. Imperfectly, as we said, of course. But that's a goal. That's a direction. <coughs> that's where we aim. <coughs> now, the new creation <coughs> believes certain things with conviction. Christ, sin, Salvation, sanctification, justification, all these theological terms, they're not now merely religious concepts. They govern our reasoning. They govern the way we think. Because we all now know those who are born again, those who are in Christ Jesus, that we are on a journey to glory that all things have passed away that we're no longer living for these things but we have we believe with conviction about Christ about sin, about salvation about the gospel convictions about it we believe certain things a Christian does certain things. New practices, as we said before. Encyclopedias provide information. The Bible changes behavior. Am I right? That's the difference between the book and books. The Bible transforms character encyclopedias very helpful very interesting give you a lot of helpful information but the information in the bible for a new creation transforms our character new creations in Christ a Christian believes certain things. A Christian does certain things. A Christian feels certain things. Feels things you never felt before. Now you've got a burden that your spouse would be converted. That your spouse would see the light. 
that your family would be changed. You've got a burden that you never had before. The new creation feels certain things. Sometimes the new creation gets angry, gets enraged with people and things that defy our Lord and Saviour. You get angry. You get upset. You get disturbed. But conversely, of course, you get excited. You hear there's been five new members down in a certain communion. Your heart leaps. Great. Wonderful. Who are they? Bless them. You've got thrills you never had before. You're excited about things you were never excited about before. Christian feels certain things. He loves certain things. And of course, therefore, therefore, how can you love something and not hate something? You love your wife. She gets cancer. You don't love the cancer. You hate it. Gotta be gotta be gorilla. Destroyed. By necessity, if you love things, you used to hate things. But now you're guided by the word what to love and what to hate. All these are new. New facility given to your existing faculties of your soul. Doing new things, thinking new things, saying new things, believing new things, feeling new things. And you know, a Christian chooses certain things. When there's an alternative. When there's a choice. We go to church on Sunday. But there's nothing much else to do, is there? Do we choose going to church midweek? When something else is on telly? That's the, that's, that's, that's the test. The Christian chooses the narrow way. The narrow way, even when it is costly. But he says, it's well, well worth it. I love my Saviour. I love Christ. He is worthy. He deserves all this. It's not a drudgery. It's not a burden. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Well, in conclusion, just three, I suppose, lessons, I suppose, I don't know. One, therefore, there really is no such thing as a private Christian, a secret Christian. There is such a thing as a silent Christian, but not really a secret. It comes out, doesn't it? Isn't it David who says, I believed, therefore have I spoken. It comes out. It either comes out in your language, or it comes out in your lifestyle. Some way. People say, oh, my religion's a private thing. My religion's between me and God. 
that has, has an element of truth, but only an element. Our private lives should affect our public lives at some stage, in some way. Sadly, we're silent far too often. We're quiet far too often. The root of the matter will come out. I believed, David said, therefore I'm speaking. Second thing, Christianity is not all doctrine. It has to begin with it, but the doctrine must affect the life. A new creation lives differently. Christianity is not all in the mind, but it does begin in the mind. But it has to reach the heart, and it has to reach the hands and the feet. Now, just in conclusion, finally, really finally, maybe you say, wait a minute, you spoke about Paul there. You spoke about Saul of Tarsus, his his great conversion on the Damascus Road. I haven't got that experience, maybe you're saying. I can't identify with that. That didn't happen to me. Can I be a Christian? Well, Personally, I believe it's recorded of Saul of Tarsus in detail. His conversion is detailed because it's so unusual. It's not the norm that we see lights flashing and hear voices speaking. It's not the norm that Christ comes physically down and confronts us. That's not normal. So what is vital This is what's indispensable. There's no need for a Damascus Road experience. But it is absolutely essential to have convictions regarding the truth. Convictions regarding Christ. It's absolutely essential that we have a relationship, a good relationship with Christ. I suppose in one way, we all have a relationship with Christ. Some are good and some are bad. But we need a relationship of love with Christ. We need a lifestyle that honours God. That's what's vital. That's what's important. Not the experience. But does such and such an experience lead you to have convictions about Christ, about the gospel, about salvation, about sin, Does it make you love him? Does it make you want more of him and follow him? If any man, if any person, if anyone, any people, any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. May God bless to us his own word, his own truth. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Our Father in heaven, we ask that you would take the things of Christ and make them ours. Unite us to Christ in a living, saving faith. Keep us in your love. Keep us in your fear. Wash all our sins away. For all we pray, we pray for.
in the name and for the sake of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We'll conclude our service of worship by singing from Psalm 73 in the Scottish Psalter. Psalm 73, page 316. Page 316, Psalm 73 at verse 25 to the end. Whom have I in the heavens high but thee, O Lord, alone? And in the earth, whom I desire besides thee? There is none. And the last verse. But surely it is good for me that I draw near to God. In God I trust that all thy works I may declare abroad. Psalm 73, verse 25 to the end. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forevermore. Amen.